0: From MPB Think Radio, this is Now You're Talking, the show about the most interesting people and stories in Mississippi. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey, editor-at-large and editorial cartoonist with Mississippi Today. Hey, today I have the huge honor of sitting down via Zoom with Grammy-nominated comedian, writer, actress, public radio contributor, born right here in jackson mississippi raised in past Christiane. tig notara is with us as well tig thank you so much for being on you're going to be back in mississippi soon at, with upcoming tour stops in meridian at the riley center which is incredible uh, i've loved one of my favorite stages in the state and you'll also be in biloxi on april 14th at the immersive media performing arts center as well and anyway this is so great to talk to you sorry a little bit um I guess I'm nervous. It's just great to talk to you.
1: (laughs) It's it's good to be here. It's good to be on the show.
0: Which, by the way, thank you for letting me run down a rabbit hole uh, with your latest podcast, Don't Ask Tig. Um, You were on with Billy Crudup, which, by the way, seems like a guy that everybody in the world probably should meet because he seems like the nicest human being on the planet, or at least the most interesting. But you started talking about Dorothy Dix. Yeah, and, and Dorothy Dix. I did a little googling on her. I'm kind of. i yeah. She's been part of my nightmares now. She's kind of a scary soul. So thank you for that um, little mind worm.
1: Yeah, I, I, um, I was always kind of thrown off by, um, well, you know, the shows and advice uh, podcast, and the advice that she gives was so harsh. And then my producer did some research and found out that she actually was living in Bay Saint Louis. Mississippi of all places
0: yeah I love it after she had a mental breakdown so she came to the coast to get better which is seems to be a recurring theme uh, throughout history for so many people from Walter Anderson on to come to the coast yeah. to recover but yep. she, she'd survived the civil wars and then she was like in an awful marriage but I looked at her picture and like yeah I, I really want to get marriage advice from her she looks like she's very like ready to like smack you around a little bit
1: Exactly. I wouldn't have put it past her at all.
0: No. No, she's pretty tough. Hey, thank you so much like I said for being on today and you're coming back to do a couple stand-up shows. That's going to be really I mean, I've always loved your stand-up work. Um but when I think the first time I heard live your live album talking a little bit about your cancer journey, um that's when I really became a huge fan of you as a person as well. And thank you for that cuz I'm also a cancer survivor. So um, just your honesty and your use of humor to be able to get through some of the most difficult and darkest points of your life was so incredibly powerful. And so just getting a chance to even talk to you about that today is huge. So thank you.
1: Well, thanks. I hope you're doing all right.
0: I'm doing good. 20 years out. So it's good. I, I have malignant <laughs> melanoma, so my career as an international back model is over. But um, I'm still here, which is a good thing. And you are, too. And I tell you, you know, it's hard to believe it's been over, I guess, over 10 years now. And it seems like since that moment, you have taken, you've taken advantage of every single second of it. And it's, it's, I I don't know how you have time to do anything, to be honest with you, because every time I turn on the TV, you're on a movie or you're on a TV show or you're on a podcast. You definitely make the most of of the life that you've been given.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I was just talking to my wife, Stephanie, last night about how I used to not take, um, vacations. Um, and after I went through cancer and met Stephanie and kind of had such, I mean, not kind of, but really had a major life shift, I really started to prioritize taking vacations and just hanging out with not just the immediate family, but my extended family. I come out to Mississippi so often. And in fact, Stephanie's from New York and Los Angeles and didn't really know what to make of being with someone from Mississippi. And then she came down here and visited and it's truly become one of her favorite places in the country. I, during the pandemic, she said, as soon as we're able to travel, the first place I want to go is past Christian."
0: Yeah, Pastor Christian is an amazing town. I did a lot of work there after Katrina, both with my church and then also as an editorial cartoonist covering it, too. Um, just an incredible mm-hmm. town. And, uh, and, you know, it's some of the hardest memories of your life from your mom's funeral to the best moments of your life to your wedding have occurred right there in Pastor
1: Yes, no doubt. So, it's um, I have a lot of roots and memories, and it's incredible to have my children here now uh, just devouring the place. They love it.
0: <laughs> you know, um, Mississippi's always been a good place for humor, and of course, it's been a big part of your, um, I've, some of your stand-up routines have involved that, and of course, I've been a, been able to be a cartoonist here for a long time, and I've always said that I don't have to actually work here because I have a crack team of uh, comedy writers for me at the state capitol, but I mean, what is it about Mississippi that, I mean, you live there, and then, of course, you moved to Texas um, near Spring, or Spring, Texas, which, yeah, yeah, I used to live in the Woodlands, so I know exactly where where that is. Um, Tell us a little bit about what it is about Mississippi that you think that that helps drive comedy.
1: Gosh, I mean, I hate to be cliche about it, but um, it wasn't until I uh, moved away and brought friends and girlfriends back here with me that I even realized that there were so many characters uh, in my family and in my town. and I just you know, when you're surrounded by people and um, just ways of life that you're so used to, you you kind of just assume it's <laughs> I mean it is normal. It's normal to you, but then you you leave and you bring somebody back with a completely different, perspective and background they notice and point things out that you didn't see before and um and i think that that's kind of all part of um inspiration as well as um my mother was just a very very funny person my father was very funny um everybody around me was just funny in their own way and and I don't really know exactly you know the tie in with mississippi or or the south but I do know that I came from really really interesting people and <clears throat> in areas and um and I'm I'm just endlessly thankful for it
0: reading I'm just a person your your fantastic book I'm um, just the way you talk about your mom and her life and and that she was an artist and that she was a dancer and that she just, I mean, she was just a beautiful person. I mean, I kind of really regret that I never got a chance to meet her because she seems like she would have been really just kind of a fun person to get to know.
1: <laughs> she was very fun. She was very wild. And, you know, as her child, and I know my brother feels the same way, it was, It was um, kind of that blessing and a curse when your mother's that crazy fun and wild because um, you can enjoy her, but then it's also like (laughs) uh, you're not having the most structured uh, life that a child maybe needs. And that's kind of where my stepfather came in and was so helpful and in raising us. And, um, you know, I did the TV show that came out several years ago called one Mississippi. And it was really, I'm so proud of it. And I'm so proud of, um, the way my stepfather was portrayed. And, um, and, uh, it's, it's really, I feel like people should track it down and watch it. Not just for, I'm you know, it's not me wanting more eyes on me. It's really just to see the South and to see my stepfather. And I just think it, it was beautifully done by so many actors, writers, and directors. And um, But, yeah, I felt like my stepfather really was a huge part of giving me the uh, ability to go out into the world and, and do what I've done. I, I My mother kind of gave me these creative um, talents I guess and my stepfather I think set set me on on my way
0: yeah and they seem to be I mean as you kind of worked your way to being able to get to stand up they were you know they were like okay that's fine keep doing it keep doing it the the moment that you stepped up on the stage and you did stand up you knew you were in the right place at that moment though didn't you
1: I, I absolutely did. It, it seemed like such a far away dream. Um, um, I guess in the way that when you're a kid, you think, oh, I want to go to, I want to go to the moon or outer space. And it seems utterly impossible. And that's what that dream seemed like to me. And then seeing it happen and unfold was way beyond my wildest dream.
0: We're on right now with Tig Notaro. Her upcoming shows are going to be in Meridian Thursday, April 13th at the MSU Riley Center and in Biloxi at April 14th at the Immersive Media Performing Arts Center. Tig, uh, you know, you were a traveling comedian for 10 years and that's, I've I've got a couple friends who are stand up comedians and they basically said, we don't even own a house plant because it's like, it's going to die because we're on the road so much and everything else. And then you became friends with Sarah Silverman, and y'all kind of really clicked right away and so forth, and she wrote a part for you for her TV show, which I guess was never picked up, but that was your first foray into acting. What was that like when you first started? Because, I mean, I, and I know when you get on a stage, you, you feed off the energy of the people in the crowd. When you get, you know, when you're acting in front of a camera, that's a totally different beast. That must have been really a hard transition, or was it easy for you?
1: Well, yes, but also that's not quite what happened. Um, Sarah had, uh, my first time acting was on Zach Galifianakis's TV show. Okay. Um, on Comedy Central years before. And then Sarah had the Sarah Silverman program, which I was on um, several seasons of. And then she did another show that she wrote a part specifically for me named Tig, um, And, um, and so that's kind of how that process went, but, um, but it's, it's for sure a very different world and nothing I set out to do. I didn't set out to be an actor. Um, it's just that I was, um, in that, you know, sometimes standups can stumble into, Acting, and I was definitely one of those. And I had very supportive friends like Zach and Sarah who, um, encouraged me and included me on these projects of theirs, but, um, it was not, and it's still not honestly a place where I feel terribly comfortable, but I've enjoyed doing it. Um, but up is my real love. Talk a little bit about your process on your writing. Cause, um, I
0: mean, you you write with people, or how does that work? Or you, I mean, because you, you're you're a fantastic observational comedian, um, and really, honestly, and by the way, I think everything you've ever said about the Kool Aid Man is is spot on. Um, your bit about the Kool Aid Man—I think I had nightmares. That, <laughs> that and the tornado and Wizard of Oz were the two big things as a kid that I was most scared of. I was just afraid the Kool Aid Man was going to come through the wall at any time. But when you see things, it's like. Do you just jot it down, or do you have somebody you work with, or how does that process work?
1: Um uh, yeah, I write by myself and um, and I just take note of anything I might see, and i'll I'll maybe write a word or two down to jog my memory um, for when I actually get on stage because I, I don't sit down and actually um, write or type anything out. I just get on stage and I fumble my way through the um, process of, uh, I guess, just writing on stage live in front of an audience.
0: As a cancer survivor. Um, and of course, all this, I mean, you 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 had C. diff, which was a, a horrible disease to have to fight through. And, and you you really did struggle through that. I mean, this all started with, you were supposed to be in the office, which was going to be a huge moment for you. And then suddenly the wheels just kind of came off and you were dealing, and then your mom, Passed away suddenly and tragically. Well, no, I, I Yeah, I'm getting everything I, mixed up today. It's just kind of the day it is. So I apologize, but I got the timing mixed up there. But
1: I was on the office. I, yeah. I was on the office. I filmed the office, and then when it aired, um, is when I was um, sick with uh, pneumonia. Oh yeah. And then I went to urgent care uh, and got uh, antibiotics, which. Unfortunately, caused me to develop C diff, um, and I was watching my episode of The Office air. Oh no! When I was that sick, yeah,
0: yeah, it, no, I mean, and it's because I, you know, I mean, I remember in my case too. You know, it's like my dad had cancer, and then I got sick right after that, and it was just like it was amazing how everything just kind of. And, but it was with you as things started piling up on you, so you get to the point where you you're going to do the stand up show and you went ahead and did it and it was one of those things that I don't even think it was intended to be released, was it? And then it ended up I mean I mean the whole thing just seemed like it was just almost an accident that everything happened and then your star just kind of took off after that point. Um that was just to me was fascinating that you had the strength to be able to get up on stage and talk about your journey like that. And it was kind of weird listening to the audience's reaction because they were you know, they were laughing because they weren't quite sure if you were kidding or everything else a little bit. But I think at that point they were with you and were cheering you on by the end of it. It, right. was, it was it was probably some of the best 30 minutes I've ever heard anybody give up on stage. And But it was because it was real. I mean, it wasn't necessarily the most polished 30 minutes, I guess, ever. But it was just, and I, you know, as a cancer survivor and as, you know, I just could, I was like with you every single word you said on that.
1: Well, I appreciate that and I, um, yeah, it was very real and I certainly had no idea what, um, what that was about to do for my career and nor did I know what was ahead as far as my health. Um, I was at that point when I had gone on stage, you know, I had gone through pneumonia and C diff. And I had, my mother had tripped and hit her head and died. And, um, my girlfriend at the time and I had broken up and then I had just been diagnosed with cancer. And that all happened in a four month period of time. And I walked on stage and, and did this show that I had absolutely no idea would be going viral. Um, and it really changed everything, everything for me. So, but what I always say is at the end of the day i was um I was doing uh stand up, and uh that's that's what launched me
0: uh, it yeah it really did it was amazing that and you're you're a huge live music fan rock and roll fan you know you're one of the few people that actually have a t- shirt that that you actually bought at the concert. You didn't buy it secondhand. The band Kiss came out with a, an album that that same time your album released, and you outsold Kiss, which, I mean, that's, like, really cool. So congratulations on that.
1: <laughs> well, thanks. Yeah, it was kind of a, a moment in my life I also didn't see coming, and uh, there's no world where I thought that – I would be releasing an album, nor did I think that the album that I would ever release would outsell one of my favorite childhood bands.
0: Yeah, and you've got to meet Taylor Dane, too. So you've, it's been a good a good career.
1: <laughs> yes, it's been a good run.
0: Yeah, um, I was going to try to get my producer to do some bumper music for you on that, too. Um, on that, when you wrote the book, I mean— when you wrote It's Just a Person, which is a fantastic book, folks, if you get a chance, read it. And, and I, don't, I don't even remember when it came out. I just remember picking it up one day at the bookstore and reading it because I was a fan, like I said, of your stand-up a little bit. That was an incredibly personal and very deep book on that. That process, was that cathartic to sit down and write your life out like that, or was it, was it tough?
1: I mean, it was both. It was cathartic and tough, and it was also uh, – it's not something I do typically. I, I write stand-up, but, it you know, it's a very different way of writing than actually writing a book, and it took me four years. I, th- I think the book came out in 2015, yeah. maybe, um, and uh, taking four years to write a book, things that that you think are important – as you write and, and years pass, it's really interesting how you go back and you you realize, oh, this person is no longer that important to me or this moment wasn't that important to me anymore. It's not important to me anymore. And then you, you edit it all out and then kind of have to fill in the blanks again with some new chapters or paragraphs because things change. And um, that's what I found to be really challenging about writing a book was that, again, it's, I'm not, I'm not an actual author. I mean, I am now because i put a book out, but the process was very long and hard for me. And, um, and, uh, and it's really a book that you could read by the pool one day. Um, But it took me four years. So it was, it was, it was definitely, a long haul for me and having to kind of dig deeper on all the emotional stuff of losing my mother and my health issues. It was, it was a crazy time <laughs> to say the very least.
0: But what I really liked about it is it ended with the real, I guess, bit of hope when you met Stephanie and, and it's panned out. I mean, that's what's so great about it. Cause I mean, she really has turned out to be a rock star in your life. And, and, Um, oh yeah yeah that's just fantastic I mean it seems like you're in a very good place now and and obviously it's like I turn on Star Trek you're there in Discovery which by the way I love Jet Jet Reno's a great character and that that was fantastic next thing you know you're green screened into Army of the Dead which that had to be the most weird uh acting role ever uh doing that so you've gotten to do some really cool things And the morning show you're fantastic on that too so Talk about that. Talk about now, you know, your, your, your acting roles have been, you've, you've really gotten some cool acting roles and I know that has to be a lot of fun.
1: Yes. It's been a really great time. And, um, and again, it's not really what I set out to do. It's not what, um, feels totally natural, but it's, it's been fun to push myself. And so I think that being a stand up, sometimes you, you can, um, be known for your persona and the persona is in, and, and in my case specifically is what people are buying. And then they'll just kind of insert you into these different roles and films where it's like, it's essentially me. I always tell people it's TIG in outer space. It's TIG flying the helicopter, the getaway helicopter and the zombie movie. It's, um, it's, it's TIG in, uh, it, it it's it's me every now and then i kind of try a little bit to to uh to push my range but um i would say <laughs> it's just it's me in all these different situations and tv's tv shows and movies and but um i've i've been extraordinarily lucky
0: You've got two great shows coming up. One of them is in Meridian. That's Thursday, April 13th. The other one's uh, at the the MSU Riley Center. And then the other is Biloxi at April 14th in the Immersive Media Performing Arts Center. So you'll be coming back to Mississippi to do stand-up as well. Tell us a little bit where folks can find out more information and how they can get tickets.
1: Well, my website, tignotaro.com. All of my... uh, Show information, ticket links, everything is on there. So if you just, again, go to Tignotaro.com, it should all um, be available there.
0: Tig, I really do appreciate, like I said, I know your time's precious right now. I appreciate you talking to us today a little bit. And, of course, there's a lot of folks that are really proud that you're from Mississippi, that you've got the roots here. And I'm glad to hear that you get back and still. And, of course, I heard the train just a second ago, you know, in past christian The railroad tracks are a big uh, line of demarcation there in town. So that's a big, especially during Katrina, that was a really important thing, too. Any last thoughts before we go? And thank you again for being on.
1: Well, I just um, I, I I think my last thought would just be that um, I do uh, I do feel thankful uh, for my family and my roots here, and I um, I've I've been also in touch with different fans over the years that um, have reached out when they've heard me talk about how you can't just you know people like to brush off Mississippi and say, Oh, you know, (laughs) like why go visit what's down there and there's nothing good or, you know, and it's like, there's so much positive, there's so much good and there's so much more that can be done. And, and I just, um, if, if I'm seen as any part of that positivity, um, I'm very thankful. And, um, and so, yeah, it's it's a it's a good place to go back to and and um and there's like so many other places in this country. There's so much so much hope and good that can be can be done and so I think that's what I would like to say.
0: Well, I appreciate you saying it. Thanks for making us laugh and thank you for, you know, all the great comedy that you've given us but also some th- great things to think about and I'm really grateful that you came on today and had the time to be able to visit with us. So thank you.
1: Well, thank you. And um, yeah, I hope to see people out at the shows.
0: Very good. And Tig Notaro. All right. all right. Thanks, Tig. I appreciate it. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's Tig Notaro. The shows are going to be Meridian Thursday, April 13th at the MSU Riley Center. And of course, Biloxi April 14th in Immersive Media Performing Arts Center. This is Now your Talking on MPB Think Radio. We'll be right back after the break.